Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of winner, gaming winner, and winner, technology. Heine House Live is available on winner, iTunes, Spotify, winner, Stitcher, winner. or wherever else you listen to podcasts. <laughs> For all other info, including links to our community discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com, bruh. What's up, y'all? What up, what up, what up? Y'all know where to go. Heinehouse.com. La, 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 la. Welcome back to Heine House. I'm your good friend, Jay Soon, kicking it with you. Uh, it's currently, let's see, what, what is currently the date? What is the date? It is February 24th, 2020, and it is exactly 4.21 a.m. in the morning. Yes, it is in the morning. Wait, what's going on? Because my sleep schedule's fucked. And you know, my crazy schedule, I don't need to get into it. Work graveyards. I actually did just a little bit of OT today, and um, so that really threw off my whole my whole uh, shittery here. So, um, yeah, so I figured, well, let's. I'm up. We're here. We're chilling. I got my notes complete. Let's just do the show. Let's go ahead and rock it. Um, Heinehouse.com is the website. Uh, you got a voicemail. How about the Heinehouse hotline? Y'all know 503-908-5490. That's the phone number. 503-908-5490. We have a couple of calls we're going to take later on. A couple of calls came in, some voicemails. Absolutely fantastic. Social media all over the place at Tiny House. Y'all know the drill. Shout out to the amazing patrons you see right here on your screen. Where's my applause? There it is. Thank you so much for your support, folks. Um, because of your support, all the people you see on your screen, the game lofters, the main floors, and the ground floor patrons, because of your support, that means we are here live on the podcast. It's alive and kicking. Hey, I'd like to welcome two brand new patrons to the show. Cameron Johnson, the voicemail maniac. The man that has been calling in the last four episodes. Leave me a voicemail. Much love to you. Cameron, thank you so much for your support on Patreon. Also, we are here welcoming. I thought it was gaming related. I was talking to him about this and, um, Patreon DMs. It's not Duke Nukem related, but Mr. Duke Magnum. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your support. It was sports related, not Duke. Come on, Jason. Duh. You big idiot. You big dummy. Um, so yeah, but thank you, folks, and welcome uh to the show. Duke Magnum said he listened to the 10-year recap episode recently, and that made him feel inspired to come and support. And I think that's great um, that it would make you feel some sort of way to do that. And it means so much to me. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we're going to get into some stuff. I got some stuff to talk about. We got some tech news. We got some gaming news. Of course, you know the drill. And then we have some voicemails to take us out. And I have some great announcements. Actually, I just have one big, fat, major, amazing announcement. Probably the biggest announcement that I've had to give, or that I've wanted to give for so many years, and I'm finally able to do so. Um, ladies and gentlemen, after many, many years of hard work, dedication, and keeping silent, literally four years I've had to keep silent on this, on this endeavor, but the game that I'm producing the soundtrack for, Racing Apex, is going to be unveiled on the 26th. That's in two days from right now of recording. Actually, yeah, yeah, two days. And extremely excited. This is huge news. Um, and I, I can't even talk about the details of it until it's unveiled. All right. So 
I can say that it is coming the 26th. You're going to learn about it. Uh, I believe the video shows what the game is going to look like, what it's going to be about. Um, and also one thing, if you've noticed, if you look at the social media, which is huge, 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 is that Sumo Digital, Sumo Digital is developing the game. Yes. I basically, this is like a dream come true. So I've been working with Lucky Mountain Games um, who have worked at Rockstar London, who have done uh burnout apb they've they've worked for ea they've done stuff with uh battlefield they've done stuff um with need for speed like the team is solid and this is amazing and then sumo is now involved well they've been involved i haven't been able to talk about it but that is that is on social media you can see that i can say that and so that's really huge news so i'm i'm working directly i'm communicating with these guys who have made some of the greatest sega arcade racing games that that have, have been known i mean that's it's huge uh transformed you know outrun all these great games and so i i'm so so excited this has basically this has morphed and transformed into something incredible for me so it went from so check this out folks like it went from me trying to sell myself to the small indie team um, Lucky Mountain Games, who broke off from the big AAA stuff to do their own thing. They broke off. They created their own studio. They're making great indie games. And then it caught the attention of the big fish. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty fantastic that uh, it has now transformed into now I, for the first time ever, I have a composition and producer credits on a AAA game. Just like that. And so, hey, I'll give it up. I'll give it up. It feels great. It feels really, really great. And it's, 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 it's one of those, it's one of those lessons that I could share. I can talk about it and share it, but also it was, a, it was like a reinforcement to me um, to don't be afraid to go outside of the box. Don't be afraid to, to be confident in your abilities. Don't be afraid to sell yourself. Once the reveal happens and everything is out there, I'm actually going to make kind of a, um, kind of like mini documentary, but it's more or less going to be me talking about this whole process. Cause this is four years in the making and I cannot wait to share this stuff. I cannot wait to talk about it, how it all came to be, how it all transpired, what happened. I mean, like I have stories to tell and I cannot wait um, to share that stuff, but yes, good stuff. Oh, it's so good. I'm so excited. So yeah, racing apex, uh, tune into, um, <clears throat> excuse me, tune into um, curve digital who is the publisher, Curve Digital, uh, their Twitter. So go, just go look up Racing Apex. You'll see the, there's a little teaser trailer announcement, and it has a link to their Twitter. So follow them on Twitter. That's where the unveil is going to happen. Okay? Great, great stuff. Uh, looking forward to that. Probably the, honestly, probably the greatest highlight ever for me. So, so happy. Um, Rick Moranis is returning to Hollywood. TMZ reported this. This is great. Rick Moranis, he's coming back to do a reboot of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's the amazing 90s movie. Man, I love that movie. That was such a great movie. Really gave you perspective and made you look at things differently. It was really, really cool. I, I actually really felt bad for like insects and stuff after that because, you know, it really pull, it pulled at the feels. Just kicked me right in the feels. Um, Rick Moranis left in the 90s. Um, to take care of his children 
unfortunately, his wife passed away due to cancer. And so he left Hollywood saying, you know what? I'm out. I'm going to raise my kids. And he did. He left. Not a peep out of him. He took care of his kids and was there for his children. I think it's such a great, amazing thing. You know, he can separate, you know, what's reality and what's, um, you know, I don't want to say fiction, but I mean, more or less, you know, I mean, he had success, you know, in, in his early days and he was able to to leave and take care of his kids and they did the right thing. I, thought, I think that's great. So people are excited because he's coming back. Um, Yeah. So awesome. So we'll see probably more information uh, start popping up on that. Rick Moranis is coming back. Maybe we'll see Spaceballs 3, the quest for more money. Is that what he called it? The hunt for more money, I think. I think he called it that. The search for more money, something like that. I would love to see Spaceballs or Spaceballs 2. Um, a little bit more information. I, I raged like a motherfucker. I raged like crazy. Uh, last episode, I ranted about this Rage Against the Machine tickets. And I'm not going to go super crazy again on that. But there was there was some backlash. Uh, and I mean that by like a shitload of backlash. People were freaking out. As they should. It's complete bullshit. But um, Rage Against the Machine have canceled the ticket surges that were happening at Ticketmaster. Um, Tom Morello has threatened to sue Ticketmaster and their parent company, Live Nation, if they go back on their word about ticket pricing and, and the series of tweets that he sent out. So normal ticket prices were supposed to be 125. We saw those. Um, anything more than that would be considered a charity ticket. Anything over 125 price would go to local charities. But what happened was, and I'll just briefly talk about it. We'll move on. We won't spend a lot of time here. What happened was, Ticketmaster does surge pricing. It's like Uber when there's like a big popular buzz and it's the surge pricing or it's like on a holiday or a sporting event, the pricing goes up, they surge it. Same thing there. When they saw all the people in the queue, thousands and thousands of people trying to get tickets, they just slowly start to raise their prices and just kind of gouge people. And that's exactly what they're doing. I saw it firsthand. First fucking hand I saw it sitting there watching my $125 ticket that I couldn't get, by the way, just surge up, 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 up. And so it was ridiculous. And then the charity tickets, they were already like 500 to begin with, right? And those just went up into the thousands. Like, it's crazy. So I think that's great. Um, unfortunately, it's a little too little too late. You know, there's nothing that can be done with that. Y'all should have been on fucking top of that. Y'all should have known Ticketmaster does this. They've done this for years. I mean, you should know better. Like, take care of your customers. You haven't played in 20 years. We're trying to get back. We're trying to see you and support you. Don't fuck with us. It's a stupid. It's a stupid ass game. I'm not going to see him because of it. And it sucks. I want to go see him. It's not doing it. Uh, I checked the prices as of writing this. This was two days ago. I wrote this article. They were 450 bucks for just the normal standard uh, non-floor seating. I'm like, fuck that, dude. Come on. Ridiculous. Uh, not happening. So, yeah, I hope they sue him. I hope they figure it out. And I hope they do better next time. Uh, you may need a Costco membership to get a hot dog and pizza at Costco now. Yeah, this was this has kind of been rumored. It hasn't been officially announced by Costco um, directly from like headquarters or corporate, but some stores, some uh, stores are implementing this. So I think this may be something that comes around. If you don't know, Costco has a food court, and their food court's amazing. It has some of the best, if not still the cheapest. Um, they have pizza, hot dogs. Uh, they have little like uh, milkshake. What do they call? They're called like coffee something. There's like a there's a raspberry something or rather they have churros. They have the chicken bake. Uh, they have uh, some have a pulled pork sandwich and there's a bunch of other stuff that they have uh, there as well. 
and they're cheap. Like the hot dog is a buck fifty, a buck fifty gives you a hot dog and a drink, and the hot dog is like pure all beef, like kosher, like it's legit, and the drink's like a twenty ounce refillable like soda or whatever. It's the best deal in town. And honestly, they go do some research. They make so much money on their food court. Like their hot dogs alone make them millions every year. Just the hot dogs. I'm not talking about anything else in the store. Just the sales of their hot dogs make them millions. Some crazy ass number. But uh, yeah, so Costco deals is is the Instagram account that was um, reporting on this. So I guess some <laughs> people make Instagram accounts on like Costco stuff. Like, you know, hey, there's there's a market for everything. Um, so they reached out to two stores, two stores in New York state, and they both said that they had heard the rumors, but neither store had received confirmation from corporate. Um, those two stores that they contacted didn't have any plans to do so unless told to do so, but there are evidently some stores that were reporting it and have done so. I don't know what stores those are. It's just kind of sort of, sort of rumored right now, but that would suck, man. I mean, we have a Costco membership and it's worth it if you want to buy in bulk. But then again, you know, if, if you don't use it for the gas, you don't really go there that often. You want to get toilet paper and paper towels in bulk. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it might not be too worth it for some people. I thought it would be. I thought it was nice to just go there and get a hot dog or a piece of pizza or like their whole 20 ounce or 20 ounce. their 18 inch large pizza for like 10 bucks. Like those those pizzas are fucking bomb. They're amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah. So who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, if you don't go to Costco or around Costco, then this doesn't apply to you How about that. Um, I should probably put this in gaming news, but just a little quick update. Um, uh, folks, as of right now, if you want the super Nintendo wireless controllers for your switch online to play your super Nintendo games, uh, they are back finally after like six months of being sold out. Nintendo does have them on their site. Uh, they're available. They are the official Super Nintendo controllers. They're wireless. They have the USB-C port on the top for charging. And they're sold individually. Isn't that fucked? The, the NES ones were sold as a pair. These ones are not sold individually. Probably because they're more expensive? I don't know. Uh, kind of ridiculous. They are 30 bucks a pop. All right? Now, I know it's kind of steep. It is. I agree. It is. But I also... I feel like it's worth it to get that type of input, get an official first party. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of a first party, like now I wouldn't say stickler, but if it's available and they make it, I like to do it. I'd rather use that over some like mad cats or some weird, even though everything's gotten really actually really good today. I mean like 8-Bit2 and, and RetroBit and a bunch of other companies make great, great controllers for all these consoles. So Power A even makes really great stuff. There's a bunch bunch of options. Shit, you can go to Walmart and pick up something tonight, probably. It's really good. But anyway, point is, they're available. They're in stock. Get them before they sell out because they're going to sell out straight up. You know it. I picked up some myself. So um, we will have our Super Nintendo ready to go. If you want to come over and play, just, you know, holler at me. <laughs> um, Did you guys go see Sanic the movie? Sanic. Did you guys go see it? Because uh, it came out last weekend and uh, it has done extremely well at the box office. Extremely well. It was it uh, was released over President's Day weekend, earning a whopping $57 million over the Friday through Sunday debut over the three-day span. Wow. Um, that's a lot of money. 
That's a lot of money. That's the biggest launch ever for a video game based movie. Insane. Um, I don't know. The thing is, is I think now here's just my opinion. Here's just a little, little tidbit from, from Jay Hine. I feel that the whole Sanic, um, blunder of how they animated him and made him look was completely deliberate on purpose, targeted surgical strike. It was on purpose folks. They wanted to generate so much buzz and hype on the movie and what better way for them to do it was to fuck up one of the greatest video gaming mascots ever. Sonic, of course, of course. And that's what they did. They already knew they were going to go back and redesign him. In fact, they probably already had the redesign of him done at this point. They probably already had it done. Because during that time it happened, they're like, oh, we're going to go back and change him completely. We're going to rewrite the whole movie. Oh, okay. You're going to just go rewrite the whole movie and just redo all the animation, all that. No, horseshit. You made that trailer with, with a fucking derpy Sanic in it. You made that. You put that out there. You got the buzz. You got people all in an uproar. And then like the good people that you are, you're going to go fix it. I think that's exactly what happened. I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm not like mad about it. I'm just saying that's, pr- I God, that's what happened. It had to have happened. Because how many like movies that come out like video game related or, or whatever, like pop culture movie. It's like, like video game, video games based off movies. Like they just fucking fall flat. And so I think they just wanted to generate buzz. And I feel it was deliberate. Hey, good on them. They, it worked. It worked. It fucking worked. It was amazing. So I don't know. Had had the internet not been ablaze on um, Sanic, do you think? Do you think that it would have done so well? I still think it would have done pretty well, to be honest. But had had it been that, had it been that face, I don't think anyone would have really like people would have gone to it and said, "What the fuck, dude?" It blows me away seeing his teeth too. They like put like. They put like a real person, <laughs> got a real person's mouth. Jeez. There you go. Crazy. That just blows me away. Nuts. They put like a dog's nose on him too. Look, at it's, it's fucking deliberate. It has to be. Anyway, I haven't seen the movie yet. I, I want to see it. I fuck. I wanted to go see bad boys three too. I just don't have time. We don't have a day to go do it. Ah, it's maddening. It's maddening. I tell you. Um, that was a little random news for you. Folks, how about this This week in gaming history? Yeah, we're gonna go back in time. Back in time, baby, back in time. Section of the show where I talk about games that came out in the past during the week this podcast airs. February 24th through March 1st. Hello, March. Here we are. All right, let's start on February 24th. 2005, Tekken 5 on PS2 was released. They're tech and love. I actually had somebody write a comment on YouTube on the podcast like three or four ago. I was asking about the, the Tekken Advance, that Tekken um, fighting game. I don't remember who it was on YouTube, but I responded to him like, hey, man, how is it? Let me know how it is. Was it Elk Plays? Somebody on there on uh, YouTube. So thank you for that. But let me know how that is. I'm really curious. I don't know anyone who's played it. Uh, 2005, same day, same year, Need for Speed Underground Rivals uh, on PSP in Japan. 2006, a year later, Samurai Warriors 2 on PS2 in Japan. And rounding out February 24th in 2015, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 
on PS3 and PS4, Xbox One, and 360. Look at that. The 4x4, the 4 stacker on all four consoles. All right, moving on to the next day, February 25th, folks, in 2010, Final Fantasy 1 and 2 on iOS was released 10 years ago. 2014, Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare on Xbox One came to be on that day. Pretty fantastic. How about 2014? Thief on PC and PS4. Man, that was that game generated a lot of buzz when that came out. I remember that. It was good. Let's move on to the next day, February 26th. How about 1993? Can you guess? Batman Returns on Super Nintendo in Japan. Batman Returns. Those are some great fighting games, man. Great beat-em-ups. Uh, 2009, Halo Wars on 360 in Japan was released on this day. And finally, February 26th in 2011, round of applause, the Nintendo 3DS handheld. Yeah. I remember, I actually remember that day uh, vividly. I was, I was here in Arizona and uh, I remember was, we were at our other place there and uh, I remember Gamester hit me up. was like, dude, I got one. I got one. I'm like, oh shit. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on over. So he's like, come check it out. So I drove over to his house and we were in there. We we're playing um, Ridge Racer. That was the launch title. And so I was playing Ridge Racer and it was a little underwhelming to be honest, but it was really cool just to see it. And the 3D was really nice. I liked it. So we sat there and we played it for a while. And yeah, it was way cool. We, we fucked around with the AR and stuff. He put it on the table and we like, you know, the augmented reality stuff and you could look at it and things would pop out of the table and our little cars and stuff. It was cool. You know, it was cool. Very cool handheld. Uh, move on to the next day, February 27th in 1996, Pokemon green and red version on Game Boy in Japan was released. 2001 Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons on Game Boy Color in Japan was released. Oh, one great year. 2002 Command and Conquer Renegade on PC was released. And 2006 Super Princess Peach on DS was released. Steph actually has that has a copy of that game signed by Princess Peach herself. Very, very cool. How about 2018? Chrono Trigger on PC. You guys remember when this came out? Oh my God. What a fucking launch that was. It was, it was a complete and utter disaster. The game was, the port was terrible. We had issues. I think there was frame rate issues. There was resolution issues. It was... It was awful. And I felt really bad for people who like Chrono Trigger because it was a complete disaster. They have since patched and fixed it and the game's fantastic. You should absolutely pick it up now. But my goodness, did it take them a year to figure that out? What a blunder. Uh, move on to the next day. How about February 28th in 1992? Contra 3, The Alien Wars on Super Nintendo in Japan. Yes, Contra 3. Definitely a game was on my top 20 SNES games video that I did a couple weeks back. Hard as, hard as nails, man. Hard as nails, but what a fun game. Great sound. The bosses are fucking... Man, those bosses are so creepy. Even to this day, they freak me out. Like that alien that comes out and like opens the thing, like the sticks his claws and then pulls the doors open and then it's like 
just looking at you like, ah, like, oh, dude, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. It's creepy ass bosses. He did such a nice job on those. 1995 Star Wars Dark Forces on PC. Oh my goodness, Dark Forces. I remember 95. I remember trying to get that game to run. I remember trying to get that game to run. In fact, I bought it first for Mac. And um, I think I, I still have the box somewhere for that. I have two. Actually, I have the PC and Mac version. The first version I bought for Mac for Macintosh. Because um, that's what we had at the time. We had a, um, a 1991 or 92 Performa 450, which folks, it's still in the garage. I'm going to do a video on it soon. Um, well, maybe not soon, but I will do a video on it eventually. Um, yeah, and I tried to get it to run. Fucking thing wouldn't run. You know, it's tough. It's really, really tough. Same thing with Rebel Assault. I have the Mac version of Rebel Assault, the first one in the big box. I tried to get that to run on the Mac. I bought the little joystick, tried to plug it. Like, oh my God, it was crazy. Crazy times. What a time to be alive. But yeah, great game. Absolutely great game. Uh, 1997, Mega Man 8 on PS1 was released. 1997, Super Bomberman 5 on Super Nintendo in Japan. Great party game. That BR, though. 1997, Turok, Dinosaur Hunter on N64. Great game. Lovely game. Didn't age all that well, you know, when you come back to it and you realize that, like, they put so much fog in it to help draw distance and stuff and try to get the frame rate under control. But, hey, very ambitious and also, I mean, great game. If you really want to experience that game today, your best option is probably GOG. Go to GOG.com. They have both Turok 1 and 2. The PC ports of them, PC versions, is probably the best way to experience it because you get that proper control with mouse and keyboard. And you also get the higher resolution textures, better draw distance, better frame rate. And I think you can disable fog. And I don't actually, I don't even think it has all the fog. I think you can see pretty far because the PC had the hardware to do the uh, the rendering on that. So, but yeah, check that out. GOG.com if you really want that game. Um, where was I? Uh, 2006, Black on PS2. God, a completely underrated game on PS2. Uh, it was on original Xbox as well. A great shooter uh, by EA. Uh, what a great game. Yeah, go, go back and play that one if you have a moment. I wish they would have ported that to PC. I wish we'd get a reboot or something. It's such a great game. Had stealth elements to it, but it was like super crazy high action. Um, and just the intro or like the, the splash screen while you're waiting, like the main menu page, it just has like guns firing in slow motion and like shells ejecting like in slow motion. It's so amazing. Like what a great game. They did, they did a great job on that. Uh, 2012 Mortal Kombat Complete Edition on PS3. And also in 2012, SSX, the snowboarding game on PS3 and 360. And finally, to round out February 28th is 2017's Horizon Zero Dawn on PS4. An absolutely brilliant game. Two more days left. February 29th, leap year, folks. It's leap year. 1996, Descent 2 on PC. Remember Descent? Yeah, that's another one if you want to get um, a good copy of that. I think GOG has them as well. I know Steam has them as well. I think I have the first one on Steam. Mm, I think so. But GOG has them as well. Uh, a lot. This is a huge day. I'm going to try to blaze through these. All these games, folks, all of these games that you're about ready to hear, all came out in the year 2000. February 29th in 2000 was a big deal. Here's why. In 2000, column... Colin McRae Rally on PC. Dead or Alive 2 Dreamcast. 
Die Hard Trilogy 2 PS1, Gauntlet Legends PS1, Need for Speed Porsche Unleashed PS1, Pokemon Stadium N64, Resident Evil Code Veronica Dreamcast, Silent Bomber PS1, Soldier of Fortune, the amazing Soldier of Fortune on PC. I built a PC for that game specifically. South Park Rally, N64, and Tony Hawk Pro Skater, N64. Holy shit. PS1, PC, Dreamcast, N64. You are covered. Your bases are covered. Insane. What a great day. That's February 29th. And all those games, fantastic. Brilliant. Pick, pick one. Roll the dice and pick one. They're so good. So fun to play. Last day here on This Week in Gaming History, March 1st, folks, in 1998, Yoshi's Story. Wow. 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 And 1999, Need for Speed, High Stakes on PS1. 2001, Zone of Enders on PS2 in, in Japan. How about 2010, Mega Man 10 on the Wii was released. 2016, Heavy Rain, PS4. 2016 Mortal Kombat XL on PS4 and finally to round it out in 2019 just last year Dead or Alive 6 on PS4 a year ago this week this week in gaming history just like that yes sir Bob so good uh yeah let's move on to some gaming news let's talk let's talk games Talk gaming stuff. Uh, there's a new Switch Lite color coming out. Everyone's reported this on now. We pulled some info from TheVerge.com. Nintendo has announced a new color for the Switch Lite. It's called Living Coral. Kind of like a pinkish sort of color. It'll be available in Japan on March 20th with pre-orders on March 7th. Be launching in North America April 3rd. Got a pick for you. Boom. There it is. Pretty nice, right? So if you like that color, you can has it. You can has now. I'd probably, I don't know. I mean, I think they're all pretty good colors, to be honest. But I'd probably pick up the, uh, oh, I don't know. Either the gray one or the yellow one. I like those. Probably my favorite. Uh, gray just because maybe it hides dirt and fingerprints a little bit better. I don't know. The yellow, going to get dirty quick. You're going to see, you're going to see that deteriorate pretty quick. But, uh. I don't know. It's pretty nice. Living Coral. Speaking of speaking of Nintendo, what was that Animal Droppings save data blurb in the Direct? Did you guys catch that? What the fuck are they talking about? Did any of you watch the Nintendo Direct with Animal Droppings? I know you did. A lot of you did. I know we did. And I was loving it. First of all, I cannot wait for the game. It looks great. It looks way more detailed. It looks like you actually control more of what you're doing there <clears throat> as opposed to the other games where you kind of have to just, you're living in this world where now is almost like you control the world. Like you control the narrative a bit. You can create like your own paths. You can create bridges, waterfalls. You can dig out trenches. You can make paths like, dude, this is amazing. It, honestly, when I saw that, I looked over at Steph. I go, holy shit, Steph. They just, this game just became Minecraft. It just became Minecraft, which is huge news. But about halfway, or no, no, not halfway. It was more towards the end. 
What was that bullshit they were talking about on saved game data? Dude, what are they thinking? Okay, let me. I made some notes here. They said cloud saving won't be available. The problem is with uh, limitation of Nintendo in their saves, in their cloud data. This, they've always had weird issues with this. you know. And then again, I don't mean to hammer Nintendo or talk shit about it. But honestly, this, this is the same. They've always had issues with they're doing their online and now they're save game data. Um, the frequently asked question at the end of the New Horizons video notes that the cloud saves will not immediately be available. Instead, they're coming later. Why that is happening, I have no idea. And that only Nintendo Switch online subscribers will be, be able to get access to that. Well, we kind of already knew that uh, when you sign up for it. That, like, that's the really the main perk is to get cloud save data. And the fact that it's not available from launch, like that's weird. Isn't that weird? I think that's weird. Um, according to the fine print, those saves aren't freely accessible to the Nintendo Switch online holders. Rather, the cloud save is only intended to be used in case of a in case of lost or damaged system data and can only be used once. Once. What the fuck is that? Did I not just report last week or two weeks ago of Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, coming up and saying, you know what, Nintendo, Sony, hey, we respect you guys. We're we love you all. We should come together and hug it out and figure this out together. But we don't give two shits about what you're doing. He came up and said, look, you're not even a blip on our radar. We've invested so much money in cloud gaming. We're above and beyond. And you know what? He is right. He is right. You have to hand it to the man for coming up and saying that and being bold and being and saying that. And part of me, you know, some people like some fanboys would be like, no, no, Nintendo, Nintendo. And dude, I'm the, I'm the biggest fan of Nintendo you can find. I love Nintendo. Been there just since day one. Like we've been there. But when they do shit like this, when they are way behind the curve, when they are completely hurting their reputation, their re their customer base, their gamers, like they're hurting us by doing stupid shit like that. Why? Why? Why are they doing this? Dude, hello, it's 2020. Make cloud saving available from the just do it. Just fucking do it. I don't understand why they have such an issue with this. Why is their online so behind the ball? Why don't they invest into that? Okay, your first party games are the best in the business. Probably the best first party games ever made. I'll say that. I'll give you that. But dude, what's up with your online? What's up with your cloud saves? Like, what's up with your Switch online? Why the fuck is Dr. Mario laggy on NES? I can't play it online. Like, these things just bother me. And I can't be the only one who feels this way. Please, don't leave me hanging here, folks. Are, do you feel this way too? Like, why does our beloved Nintendo do this? It just doesn't make sense. These guys... They're so old school. They're just so old fashioned. Like, do you not get it? Do you not get it? Like, I'm not saying that Microsoft or Sony are going to just fucking run a train on you and like, it's going to be over. I'm just saying that y'all need to get your shit together. You really do. That's, that's, that's ridiculous that we can't have save game data off from the very beginning with our switch. Like you want us to create these games and then to our, save it to our system and like invest like, what are you gonna what are you gonna do, Nintendo? Are you forcing us to like play the game? No, no, no. hear me out. We're gonna play the game, right? We're gonna pop it in. We're gonna start the game. We're gonna create our account. We're gonna boom, create that save file. It's gonna be in the console. Save to the console or your memory card or whatever have you. Okay, boom, there it is. Now we're playing the game. We're playing the game for maybe a month or two months. How long is it gonna take? I have no idea. We're playing it now. We're invested. We have a vested time time frame into this game. We have a vested interest in this game. 
we do not want to lose our save data, right? You could be playing one day and not want to lose your save data because that's frustrating, right? You don't want to start over. So what's going to happen? They're going to come out with some new fucking like, well, if you want to save your animal droppings data, you're going to have to pay another $2 a month on top of you. Like, I'm just saying, look, I, dude, I, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just, nothing would surprise me at this point anymore. Because why? This is the same company who just fucking came out and said, yeah, if you buy Nintendo Switch, you're going to get every month, you're going to get NES and Super Nintendo games. It's going to be great. We're going to release them every month. What happened? Three, four months later? Uh, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, we'll do it when we want. And then when we do do it, we're going to release fucking Boat Challenge and uh, Tennis and uh, Super B, Super B Buzz Off, Fuck Off, whatever it's called. You know, like, come on, dude. I mean, don't trip on me. You guys, do you, do you see what I'm talking? I mean, do you understand what I'm talking about, though? Like, I see it. I'm trying to see it from all sides, right? And that's that's the beauty of this conversation. I, I'm trying to see it from all sides, but it's hard for me. It's hard for me to, like, give my sanction on this. It's hard for me to just accept this when it's, they just continue to do weird stuff like this. Like, what are you doing? It doesn't make any sense. We want your games. We want to play. Quit fucking with us. I've been saying this since the Wii. I've been saying this since the Nintendo Wii came out. Why are you fucking with us? Stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get, get, get some help. What's Nerf doing though? They're bringing back a new line of blasters to market. Yes, Nerf has spent the last few years bringing iconic weaponry from the world of video games into the real world. You guys probably saw this. Fortnite got its own blasters and they got a few super soaker branded weapons as well. Overwatch got a whole bunch of really amazingly cool blasters. We have a couple ourselves. Diva has a really cool uh, blaster. So nice. Uh, now Nerf is moving forward with its next installment. Halo. <gasps> what? Halo? Yes. Halo. Now, if you remember, you know who had the license before? Hasbro, Boomco, yes, Boomco made a bunch of Halo branded Nerf blast or blasters, and we have some as well. They're great, they're fantastic, and, and and a lot of times, folks, I love the Boomco more than I love the Nerf. They're really, really great blasters. I love those. Um, but they're going to be doing the Halo uh, MA40 blaster inspired by the weapon that's going to be in the upcoming Halo Infinite. Um. It's going to be a premier blaster from the upcoming set and features a clip that holds 10 darts. Um, the M MA-40 takes four C batteries. Wow, when's the last time you bought C batteries? Uh, if if anything, just for Nerf blasters. I don't know what else uses C batteries anymore. Your boombox from 1986? I mean, it might. Um, in order to fire the darts, you're going to need C four C batteries. Additionally, the blaster comes with a code to unlock this color scheme in the Halo Infinite game. Very cool. Uh, retail price for the blaster is 50 bucks. That's not bad. That's really not bad. Uh, there's also two other blasters from the micro shot. What micro shot line that was that clever or what Microsoft micro shot. That's uh, pretty clever wording. Uh, they're all going to arrive in October. Um, there's a couple USNC SPNKR weapon, same name, same line. It's a one shot blaster. These are smaller, uh, Single, single hand, smaller hand reload blasters come with two darts retail for 10 bucks. You see, they're only 10 bucks. These are really, really small. Um, yeah, I have to, I have the pictures of them here. I can show you. They're, these are beautiful. Look at these things. Look at these things. Pretty nice. Look at that. And then this is obviously the little handheld one. And there's like the little needler 
little mini needler. And you know what? I want to say, folks, unfortunately, this is what Nerf does. Because why wouldn't they? These are all just basically, this is like playing a character in Overwatch and then just putting on a different skin on that character. These blasters, like this blaster and this blaster, the same. They're the same. They have the same internals, the same everything. It's all identical. It's just the skins are a little bit different. This blaster's been around forever. I think in like the early 2000s, they came out with this style blaster. This is a single shot. You pull the bottom, boom, and that's it. But uh, I mean, that's cool. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk shit about it. I'm just saying they're 10 bucks. You know, they're little, little mini me's. They're nice. <clears throat> but don't expect something crazy and new. They're just kind of the same thing. Same thing as before. And they're great. Yeah, I know a little bit about Nerf. Y'all can hit me up. You got some questions about Nerf. How about that? That was some gaming news. Y'all ready to do a little tech news? Okay. <laughs> yeah, nice throw. Boom. Uh, NVIDIA is in tech news. They're going to be releasing a limited edition Cyberpunk 2077 themed GPU. Saw this article on TechSpot. That's where we're pulling this info from. NVIDIA is having a sweepstakes and is giving away Cyberpunk 2077 branded GeForce RTX 2080 Ti. Uh, 77 cards available for the sweepstakes. 200 in total. The rest will be given away later. No specifics were really given. You enter the sweepstakes. You need to retweet NVIDIA's official reveal video. Uh, I'll show you the picture here below and separately tag a fellow cyberpunk 2077 enthusiast in the announcement tweet and just make sure you reply in there. Just include that the hashtag RTX on is the hashtag you want to put basically retweet tag a friend use the hashtag enters you into the thing into sweepstakes. If you are selected to win, both of you are going to be getting this special edition card. Mm-hmm. You can also head over to GeForce's Instagram and Facebook pages. You can like, retweet, comment, and any of the RTX on sweepstake posts would probably be a good idea if you want to enter. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. It looks nice. It's basically uh, an RTX, uh, RTX uh, 2080 Ti. That's it, baby. Has a cool, you know, cool skin on it. I mean... It'll look cool in the case if you have a case that opens up or, you know, has, uh, I want to say like plexiglass, like the nineties, the early two thousands. But yeah, if you got a nice case where you can see through there, that that look good in there. Hey, it's, it's good to enter. This isn't a very expensive, this card is over a thousand bucks just by itself. So, I mean, it's definitely worth, it's worth the, uh, the sweepstakes. I may go enter it myself, you know, Hey, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Um, Samsung Galaxy Z flip phone has cracked. Yes. I, I honestly I feel like these are these are going to be coming up a lot. And I think there's a lot of stress testing going on right now with the the flip phones. And who did it? Was it tech? Oh, I don't want to say wrong. There was I don't remember who it was. I don't want to say a wrong person and blame them. Somebody did a stress test on the Motorola Razor. So not the Samsung, it was the Razor. And they built this like machine, this like apparatus that they put the phone in and it clamped onto it. And then it was like doing this, like it would just close, open, close, open. And they did it for like a half a day. 
And after half a day, like it totally broke it. And so they're like, wow, you know, like this doesn't even hold up for half a day. I think they got like a couple thousand flips or something with it. And like Motorola actually came back and responded and they're like, you know what, you're, you're testing it in uncontrolled environment. We don't know the pressure that you're putting on the phone. We don't know, like your test is invalid, invalid. They like shut them down. They're like, this is completely bullshit. This is not right. Then they, they tweeted them a picture of their machines that they had actually opening and then closing it using like this machine that would like roll over it and it just simulate like a real hand, like you would close it and flip it and use your hand uh, in like a controlled environment. So and I, I thought that was actually really wise of Motorola to do. I didn't expect that from them to like combat this, you know, this tech, this tech website and be like, Oh, what, you know, but they did. I think it's great. Stand up for yourself. If you feel like it's invalid, I mean, I would stand up for myself if something was invalid. I'd be like, no, you're full of shit. That's not right. And here's the reasons why. You know what I mean? So oh, good on them, Motorola. Good on them. But this article we were talking about, just a Samsung Z Flip phone. Um, this is the second iteration of this foldable smartphone that they're working on, uh, Z Flip. And they're using it. And, uh, user goes by Mondor. Doyer. I don't know. M-O-N-D-O-I-R. Mondor. See, I don't know. I can't pronounce any of these. Uh, took his brand new phone out, removed the instruction film, and flipped his phone as anyone would do with a flip phone. A large crease crack that cut across the middle of the phone when he did that. Now he speculates that the cold weather may have caused it to happen. Oh, this article is actually talking about he took it out of the box and it broke. Took it out of the box and it broke. Oh, shit. This is different. This ain't uh, some tech website doing a stress test. This dude pulled out of the box, $1,500 phone, opens it up, broke. First flip. Whoa, that's rough. Um, Samsung is currently investigating to see why this happened. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sold on these flip phones yet, folks. Now, I know that's like one case out of like a thousand, right? I bet you there's thousands of people who bought this phone and they're having nothing but great results and no problems at all. And, you know, we're going to see all the negative sides of the flip phone with the, with the foldable screen. We're going to see all that, all the negative stuff first and foremost, but that's crazy. I didn't know that. I thought it was just another article about another one breaking. No, this dude pulled it out of the box, flipped it and it broke. Actually, I even have a picture of it here. Check it out. Damn, that's. Yeah, you can see that just right there in the middle. Looks like it has some bubbles in there and just cracked. I, I don't know, dude. I, I wouldn't chance it. That and 1500 bucks for a, a phone is just out of my out of my blood. I mean, that's a down payment on a on a on a nice uh PC or something, dude. You can build something really nice for that. I mean, when smartphones are like a thousand bucks anyway, shit, what are we talking about? It's crazy. Um we have some uh, some news here about the Windows 10 update that came out. Windows Update 10. Here it is. It's the KB four. What is this? Four five three two six nine three. That's the update. It came out uh, last uh, two weeks. No, three weeks ago. It's been causing serious issues with some Windows 10 users, deleting people's data, redoing their desktop, removing files. And Microsoft now has officially gone on record and said that they have acknowledged it and it is a big problem. They're working on it. 
big news for them to actually admit that. Um, let's see, what do I have here? Uh, some people here, I didn't write the article. I didn't write the article name, shit. This come, ah, shit, I forgot to, I try to credit everyone too, so that I make sure everyone knows where I get my, my data from. Um, they were talking through email with Microsoft employees in their tech support team, and they, um, staff revealed that Microsoft is aware, quote, Microsoft is aware and it is known, it is a known issue, and our engineers are working diligently to find a solution for it. February 11th, when it was released, KB4532693 is what it is. It appears that Microsoft team has found a way to restore the files. All right, Windows 10, for some reason, is making a temporary user account where those files are being kept. So there's like a workaround. You got to create a temporary profile, log in that profile, transfer the data, then transfer it back to your new one, and you should get your data back. It's a big pain in the ass. You shouldn't have to do it in the first place. That's nuts, dude. That is fucking nuts. And I just, man, I feel bad because like if Windows 10 is like the last Windows and this is how we're going to deal with this, like these mandatory updates, we have no choice and then they break it all the time. Man, we got a serious, we got a serious issue on our hands, folks. Serious issue on our hands. Craziness. Just craziness. Um, Last bit here on the tech news. I tried NVIDIA's cloud streaming service called GeForce Now. I reported on this before. I talked about it, but now I, I got firsthand experience. I actually tried it. I signed up for the free uh, account. You all can sign up. It's free. It gives you like a one hour session in length. So if you want longer than that, you can go to the founders, which is $5 a month, I think for the first year, kind of like the grandfather uh, price. Uh, but yeah, GeForce Now. And let me just tell you, I wanted to do a little blurb about this because I, I actually did experience it. I didn't understand at first what it was. I thought it was like just like a Netflix of gaming. Basically what it is, you you log in all right, to this GeForce Now app. You launch it and it brings up just like a, a window, like a program. And then it's like a virtual machine. Think of it like DOSBox or something. It's a virtual machine or VMware or something. So you enter this, this virtual machine, this NVIDIA GeForce Now program. And then inside there, you can launch uh, Steam or whatever. Um, and then have access to your games. And then you sync, you connect your Steam account, all right? Pulls up your Steam account. You have all these games, all your game library. You can click it, install it, and it then it downloads it really quick and installs it. And you click launch. I tried it with Dying Light. And what it does, it launches the game, but it launches it not from your machine or your hard drive. It launches it from their servers, wherever the server is. And they have servers all over the place. Right. So it's kind of like Stadia in a way. Right. Similar, similar type of uh, concept. So it launches the game on their servers, launches it on their hardware. All right. So it uses their hardware, their software, um, and then it uses your GPU locally. It uses the horsepower of your GPU to help aid and processing that, keeping the latency low. And it uses your network, right? your network speed um, up to 50, uh, 50 down is what it is. Um, that's the highest to give you 60 frames, 1080p gaming, which to be honest, I played it. I didn't notice any input lag with my mouse and keyboard. Now dying light is kind of notorious for being laggy. Maybe I should have tried a different game. Maybe I should have tried like bad company or something where I, I really know it's one-to-one. Um, but it was awesome. It was great. And I noticed a little bit of pixelation 
just a little bit. Um, it was noticeable to me, but I was looking for it. I was like trying to find like the worst of the worst for it. It worked extremely well, rock solid, no dropout, no uh, connectivity issues, no latency issues. The shit was rock solid. I was looking at my data. Uh, I was looking at my network and it was using between 30 to 50 down for that. And I told it to, you can go in and set your parameters to tell it how much, and it has presets too, like balanced, hardcore, like low latency. It has a presets, but you can go in and manually select. So if you say, I only want to use a 20 megabit down for this, I don't want to use up to 50. It will do that. And it will just tell you, okay, but you're going to see some pixelation. You may see some this and that, but okay, we'll set it to that. And what you get, what you put in is what you get out. And I think that's great. I loved it, dude, straight up. When I was using it, my CPU, listen to this, get this, my CPU. Now, granted, I have a fucking NASA CPU. I have the 9,900 uh, Intel i9, whatever it is. It's crazy. But nevertheless, I don't care if it was a, just a quad core. The CPU was at 2% usage, 2% usage. Yeah. It didn't even touch the CPU. Why is that important? That's important because if you are somebody who needs to like capture footage, if you're somebody who needs to stream now, granted, this is it all. There's a bottleneck somewhere, right? If you have internet or, you know, your internet uh, bandwidth can't handle that, you're going to have issues there. But let's just say I wanted to stream a game and I wanted to take the load, the encoding. I wanted to take it completely off of my CPU. Let's say I didn't have a powerful CPU. Say I had like a quad core and I'm trying to stream in 1080p 60. I'm trying to encode. I'm trying to stream. I'm trying to have OBS encode it, upload it, stream it. I'm just maxing out my system. You could use this GeForce now to offload that task to their servers, kicks it back and you can play your game and have like your local machine, OBS record, high def, HD 60. You could do all of your encoding, even probably even higher quality encoding and rendering because now you have all this extra bandwidth and you have all this extra resource now with your CPU. Think about that. So that's great news for a gamer. I think that's, that's, that's huge. Uh, and I really liked it. Honestly, I'm, I'm thinking about getting the founders edition um, after my, my trial here. I think that's really, really great. You know, if, I think they're going to bring in Google Chrome uh, as a support, like for browser. Once that happens, oh man, if I can play my Steam games from my browser, like out locally off my Chromebook with a controller or keyboard mouse, fuck it, sign me up, dude. Sign me up. That's a game changer. So that's, that's super stoked. Yeah, I was really excited about that. And I wanted to tell you guys about this and talk about my opinion on that because I do think, I think this is doing it right. I think Stadia is missing the mark here. This is doing it right. You're using your own games from your own libraries, using the NVIDIA's GPU architecture, and you're using your own network. So you have to make sure you have all those um, uh, working to make sure that works. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. That was it. That's all I had for tech news. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to get into a couple phone calls before we wrap it up. 503-908-5490. That is the phone number. You want you got something to say you want to talk about? Maybe you tried in uh, GeForce now. Maybe you're thinking about it. Maybe you're you're talking about uh, animal droppings. Maybe you're you're uh, confused about the uh, Nintendo Cloud save as well. Maybe you have some thoughts or opinions on that. I would love to talk to you about that. Send those in. Uh, maybe you have uh, some um, interest in the uh, the flip phones that are cracking. Like what's up with that? Maybe uh, you're excited about the Nerf blasters. I'm just going back through my list here. The Switch Lite, the new color. Maybe you got some stuff there. How about any of these games 
in gaming history that maybe you played? Do you have a memory about those? I would love to hear it. See, these are all things that we could talk about. And I, and I love it. Did you see Sanic the movie? What'd you think of that? I would love to hear your opinion on that as well. Um, and then finally, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm just begging for attention there. You maybe give me a little, are you excited for racing apex? Are you excited? Are you going to be there for the reveal? Please be there. Please be there. If you can, I almost thought, take thought about taking the day off of work, to be honest. Like I want to be there. I don't even know what time they're doing it. I'm like, take the whole fucking day off. Uh, but I would love, I would love to hear your opinion. Once you see the reveal, please get at me. Okay. 503-908-5490. Those are just a couple of ideas for you. I have a couple of voicemails queued up. We're going to get on in here with um, my man Cameron again. He's here. The voicemail maniac. Uh, let's see. I'm going to queue it up here. Thanks again for your call, Cameron. Appreciate that. Let's get down with this conversation and see what he's got to say this week. On this, this gaming moment brought to you by... Cameron Johnson. Hey, Jason, it's Cameron Johnson. Uh, I've been kind of mulling over my question for the week, uh, this week, so it's coming a little later than usual, but um, I think I have a kind of an interesting one. Uh, what is your favorite, I guess, video game format or game format? So, for example, you know, like uh, Sega CD or CDs or... Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, the cartridges, etc. I think my two favorite have got to be um, the TurboGrafx-16 slash Peace Engine with the Hue cards. Mm. I just love those little tiny, you know, credit card, well, small credit card size games. Very cool, really cool format. Um, just a, a neat idea. Uh, probably second place would be the Neo Geo uh, cartridges. Um, I had a Neo Geo back. About 10 years ago, I ended up selling it. It just got too expensive. Um, one of those things I couldn't afford, but, I mean, geez, how can you go wrong with the humongous, ginormous cartridges that, I mean, they, they're they were huge. They're yeah, they're like a, VHS tapes. Like to behold. And yeah, they're huge. A really, really interesting, really cool format. Like they're arcade boards. Um, yeah. And my other question would be, uh, what consoles do you enjoy collecting most hmm. at the moment? Um I tend to switch switch around, but I think at this point, really enjoying my Sega consoles, so Sega CD, mostly uh, Sega Genesis, obviously, that's my thing, Sega Game Gear, which you can find for pretty cheap, actually, because <laughs> so many Game Gears aren't working properly due to the capacitors yeah, the caps uh, drawing on. out. Um, so I'd say, yeah, Game Gear, Genesis, Sega CD, and then to a lesser extent, Sega Saturn, because those prices are through the roof. So anyway, have a great week, sir, and uh, we'll talk soon. Cameron, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate that again. You always come through with great, great questions. I think all of us can relate to, all of us gamers here. I'm going to answer your questions backwards. What do I like collecting for the most right now? I'm going to be honest with you. For the last probably two years, as I've been working at my like... Hey, Jason, Cameron again. Hey, Cameron. uh, As I've been working at my nine to five... Um, grinding out there for the last couple of years, I've really cut back on like spending and collecting per se. Um, even like going to conventions and stuff, I've kind of like slowed down on that a little bit. I want to pick that back up, but even when I go there, I just go to enjoy and have fun and maybe, maybe spend, uh, honestly, I'll maybe spend like a hundred bucks and I'll, I'll buy some games. Like that will be like my limit. I'll be super conservative, very, very reserved, not going for anything super rare, 
I'll get like just crazy shitty racing games or common games that I just haven't picked up or something like that. Um, so I'll, I'll answer it by saying the last console or the last, um, the last console that I, I really went hardcore on collecting, which was my PlayStation one PlayStation one. I pretty much went ham on for a long time. Uh, our local store here, Bookman's and a whole bunch of other local game stores and even like conventions and things. There was a time when the PlayStation one was nobody again, you know, this is the phase of collecting, right? It should be a segment phase of collecting. Um, and it was in this phase of get rid of this shit. No one wants it. So I would swoop in and really just buy a bunch, even if it looked terrible or looked remotely interesting. If the game is three or four bucks or even a dollar sometimes or cheaper, why not take a gamble on it? Take a, take a risk. I did that for uh, a good couple of years on PS one, just grabbing random stuff, just, you know, here and there I go to like local record stores and they have like a little section of like video games. And it would just be full of just common shitty PS one games. And I'd thumb through and find a couple of gems here, find this, find that. Oh, EA. Oh, Activision. Oh, you know, infograms. Oh, well, you know, you look at that, check that. So I, I did that a lot and I have tons of PS one games that um that I've been doing that with. This was a couple of years ago. Of course, I've I've again slowed down on it, so I don't have um I haven't been doing that. I've been trying to conserve and just and be smart with it. Um, and then to answer your other question about what's your favorite format, holy shit, we sh we could really have a whole conversation on this. I think I'll answer it in kind of a three parter because I have three things to say about this. Okay, we started out with cartridges. Cartridges are great. Um, cartridges are, are, they're pretty solid for the most part. The PCBs are solid as long as they are treated properly, keep them away from moisture, water, keep them away from food, spillage, any of that crap. Um, don't leave them in a humidity, really thick humidity environment. Um, keep them dry and they'll last a long time. If not forever, they really can. They do have batteries. Some of them have battery backups inside that will need to be replaced at some point. That's a drawback. And then the other drawback is that they're limited by their capacity. So that's where we had started to have a problem, right? With capacity and cost of cartridge. Well, here I am breaking down the, the history of, of the storage medium. And then we moved on to CDs, compact disc, optical media, because one, um, they're smaller in a way, um, and they are easier to handle in a way. Not really. We learned that later on, right? They can scratch and they're easy. You can damage the data. Um, but you could store more 800 megabytes now of data. So now, PS1 and Sega CD and all these games were coming out like, boom, Hey, we can fit all this data on these discs and it makes sense. Problem with that is right. You can scratch it. You can damage it. You, you know, you can break them in half. Like, you know, there's a lot of drawbacks to that. And then we hit the thing where games are now getting massive. And I think we're coming back full circle to a cartridge. Like, what do you think a Nintendo switch game is? What do you think that is? It's a fucking SD card. All right. It's a memory card. That's exactly what it is. What do you think DS is? What do you think Game Boy Advance is? They're just little mini cartridges. This is this is flash memory storage medium. So I think to answer your question, just to kind of break down, because I like I want to say, oh, yeah, CDs. No, CDs are not my favorite. In fact, they're my least favorite because of uh, we talked about discrot last episode. That can happen. Uh, we talked about scratching. Very easy to scratch if you mishandle it. I mean, dude, if someone takes it off and like puts it on their shirt and tries to like, oh, I'm, look, I'm helping. I'm cleaning it. Look, I'm cleaning it. No, you're fucking scratching it up. Like you've got shit 
you've got stuff on your shirt. Like, no, don't do that. You know, there's a certain procedure to do that. You have a problem. So I want to say um, my second favorite is probably cartridge because it's, it's the physicalness of it. I love the artwork that's on it, like Genesis or Super Nintendo or NES or TurboGrafx. You know, they have the cartridge. You talked about the Neo Geo, dude. Yeah, man, those are like VHS tapes. They're big ass fucking big ass brick going in there. You know, those are really cool. Um, and I'm going to say something kind of controversial here a little bit. And almost going against every every ounce of my body wanting to say this, but I, I have to be honest with you guys. I love cartridges. That's probably my my number two. But my all-time, probably my favorite medium, oh, I hate saying it, and you know what it's going to be. I know you're already guessing it. It's digital. Why do I say that? Digital is lightweight, right? You don't have to store it. It's in the cloud. It's there. It can be replicated. You can delete it. You can redownload it. It's always there. Uh, I know it's rough. It's convenient. I can go install it really quick. It will work. It's there. What sucks about it? There's fucking nothing there. It's just the game. It's a program. You don't even actually have any physicalness to it whatsoever. So it sucks. Um, but I love digital in that, that regard in that convenience aspect, but everything else about it, I, I hate, but I love the fact that I don't need to go in and, um, you know, pull out a CD that may be scratched or try to fix it or blow on the cartridge, you know, even though that's, that's not how you should do it. We used to do that, but you don't, you don't blow on the cartridges, but like clean the pins and, you know, it takes maintenance. It's like an old car. You know, you always got to maintain that old car, make sure it's running make sure it's got oil and lubed up. You know, everything's good. Cartridge is kind of the same way. Got to be careful with it. Don't heavy hand them, you know, don't slam them in the, through the machines. A lot of people would just slam them in there like, Oh my God. Like the way people take it, you can judge a person by the way they take a cartridge in and out of a console straight up. And I know everyone that's, that's something everyone can agree with. You can judge a person by how they take a cartridge in and out of a console. I know you're all sitting there going, yep, you're shaking your head going, he's right. He's right. And I'm sorry, but I judge a person by how they take a cartridge in and out of a console. That's just the way it is, man. Have a little, have a little respect for that old ass, you know, 20, 30 year old machine and game, you know, um, Cameron, great question. Absolutely. Great question. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for the question and thank you for, uh, joining Patreon, sir. Really appreciate that. We got one more question here before, before we wrap up the show. Uh, we got one, uh, from the K Pierce, but man, in the house. Okay, Pierce, let's do it. Let's hop in here. Thank you for the call. Hey, Jason, Stefan, Bob. Um, Keegan here, uh, also known as the K Pierce. Um, one of my favorite YouTube videos from you is probably the Whack a Mole plug and play. I, just, <laughs> I can watch that any day of the week, 365. Um, also, a question on that. If there is any more plug and plays out there, could you could you see yourself doing more uh, plug and play videos like you have in the past? Thanks. Bye. Keegan, what is up? Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate you, K Pierce. Man, you know what's crazy about that is um, you mentioned Whack a Mole, and I had to go back and I had to rewatch that video because I'm like, that is your favorite video out of the 500 plus videos I've done. I was like, what? I got to go watch this again. What did I do? And honestly, I, I don't know what I, I was high on life or something in that video because I was just having fun 
being totally random. I brought in a fucking uh, rubber mallet with me and I'm like, whack, whack, whack. And I was just like fucking around, having fun, laughing, enjoying myself. And dude, that video was pretty funny. I, I found myself laughing and I, that's pretty crazy. I usually don't laugh at myself because I'm like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. But it was pretty funny. So that's, that's really crazy that you said that. I love the plug and plays, as you know, love them. And I couple, um, no, what was it? Maybe two years ago or maybe a year and a half ago, I went through my plug and play collection. No, 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 shit. It was longer than that. It was like three years ago. I uploaded a video on YouTube as my plug and play collection. And I, I put all my plug and plays on the table. I took up the, the table. I talked about them. Keegan, you've, you've probably seen it if you like plug and plays. Um, I encourage everyone to go check it out. And I sort of thinned the herd a little bit. I got rid of some stuff and kept the ones that I really like. Don't get me wrong. I still have probably 50 or 60 of them. I, I have an entire bin just full of plug and plays. And I love them. I love collecting them. I love the way they look. They display really nice. And some games are really, really good. Like uh, the pole position. That's my favorite one. The Mortal Kombat one. And there's really crazy ones like Whack-A-Mole. And there's some like BMX racing ones. A bunch of crazy shit. So, yes, absolutely love plug and plays. Will I do them more in the future? I can see myself doing more in the future. And maybe I will. I'll just I'll plug it in. Maybe I'll do a live stream of it and then just, you know, transfer that upload to YouTube or something and just play the games and see how it is. I wanted to do some more pole position, like time trials, really trying to break like the high score, get like the world record, you know, like do that on speedruns.com or something. So I don't know. We'll, we'll look into it, man. Uh, Kay Pierce, my man, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate you greatly. Thanks for your longtime support and friendship over the years, man. That's that's old school. That's taking it back. Uh, Kay Pierce, longtime friend of the Heine House. All right, folks. Hey, if you want to get down, you want to ask a question, something similar or something completely unrelated, I would love to chat with you about anything. 503-908-5490. And if you do not have a phone or don't want to call long distance, if you're outside the United States, record yourself on the computer, smartphone, whatever have you, and just email it. Email it right on over to me. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. I would be happy to get it on the air for next time before we go round of applause for the patrons again thank you so much the verbal shout out for the game lockers mr brandon george aaron weldon tammy sam luke ryan and justin appreciate your support so much and welcome the new patrons duke magnum and cameron johnson another round stop it it's, it's no don't get any help <laughs> there we go <laughs> patreon.com slash jason Heine. if you enjoyed the show please consider supporting it on patreon right here and i'll keep it alive we'll keep it going all right folks i think that's about it let's uh, wrap it up with a song how about a song you want to hear something now a lot of a lot of people don't know probably because i I don't talk too much about it, but for many, many years, well, I'm a drummer, obviously you guys know that, but for many years, uh, I had a band. It was like a kind of like a hard rock, pop rock, kind of progressive type rock band called Rex soul. Yes. After the fish. Yes. We even had a sign, uh, that we would display behind us when we were playing and we'd say Rex soul. And then like below it, it's like, it's a fish. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a fish. Um, I didn't name the band, but Hey, it, it was fitting band names are, are uh, an interesting thing. Um, so yeah, I was a drummer in this band for many, many years in the Portland area. We toured kind of the Northwest and did the Portland scene for many, many years. Um, great group of friends, very, very close to me. In fact, I still talk to these gentlemen all the time. I still collaborate with them. Um, and even, 
Uh, my good friend Luke, who's a guitar player in this band, he's contributed and played some guitar and some funk type stuff on the Racing Apex soundtrack that we've been working on for so many years. So I'm still very, very close with all these, these amazing musicians. These are my music brothers. Um, and so I want to play a song from uh, our album that we call Elasticity. This is actually, this was an unreleased album that when we, we, we recorded and composed this album um, in 2007, and then I moved to go to college. And at the same time, we did the Christmas album. At the same time, I did R&B album, my personal album. So I was doing like th juggling three albums and we just didn't ever release this. And um, I decided... Uh, in 2009, when I was in Colorado, I decided to go through and actually remix the album because I didn't really like um, the recording, the way it sounded. So I took some time, put some stuff together. So it's obviously been about 10 years since I remixed this. Um, and I would honestly, I would love to go back and and, and re-record some of the stuff with my new my newfound knowledge of, of audio and recording. It'd be great. And maybe sometime we will. Maybe I'll fly up to Portland and we'll work something out. But um, yeah, great band, great music played from with them for many, many years. And a lot of people don't know that I was in a rock band and did this sort of thing. So I'm going to play a song called um, Lately. This was a song off of our 2007 release, Elasticity. All right. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for spending your time with me today. And I look forward to hanging out with you next week. Bye now.
And of course, if you want to get this at all, get up in there on my Bandcamp and uh, give it a download. Support us if you like it. Thanks so much, folks. Have a great night. We'll catch you next week. We can't give you all the music there. I mean, I could, but <laughs> see you next week.